Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IoT for All podcast. I'm Ryan Chacon, and on today's episode, we have Jeff Hausman, the Chief Product Officer at Samsara. They are a company that is focused on enabling organizations to harness Internet of Things data to develop actual insights and improve their operations. Today, we're going to be focusing a lot of our time on how companies can leverage IoT technologies to operate more sustainably, how the environmental aspect of ESG is impacting organizations, how IoT can help companies achieve those ESG. SG goals that they have. Really good conversation. One thing I'd ask you before we jump into it is if you're watching this on YouTube, give us a video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel if you have not done so already, and hit that bell icon to get the latest episodes as soon as they are out. But other than that, let's get on to the episode. Welcome, Jeff, to the IoT for All podcast. Thanks for being here this week. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, I'd love to kick this off with a quick introduction from you about yourself and um, the company you're with, just to give our audience some context. Yeah, that's great, Ryan. I've focused my career really on helping customers get value from technology. And I've done that in a number of different areas personally, from data analytics, storage, data protection, security, and most recently kind of workflows, and now moving into IoT. And the the companies that I've worked at have been in a variety of those different industries, some of the bigger companies that your audience will be familiar with, ServiceNow, McAfee, Symantec, Hewlett-Packard, I've also worked at other early stage companies. And frankly, my passion is all about how do we help build and deliver products and help customers address challenges and get value. And what's fantastic, and I'm so excited to talk about, is how Samsara is doing that. And I am the chief product officer at Samsara, helping us to deliver solutions, leveraging IoT to companies that are in the physical operations space. And we can talk more about Samsara if you want. Yeah, just just from our, for our audience's benefit, I think it'd be good to just kind of talk about the role you all play in the space. You know, wh- where what what area are you really kind of providing solutions for people, things like that? We've had connectivity companies on and then solution providers on, hardware companies. So just kind of where do you all sit um, from in that stand- standpoint? Yeah, so at Samsara, we, we think of ourselves as an IoT company. We have pioneered what we call the connected operations cloud which is really a system of record that's helping these organizations that are running physical operations harness IoT data to develop actionable insights. And the way in which we help them to take those actionable insights and improve their operations is centered around three key areas that are part of our mission. It's helping people and these companies improve safety of their operations, the efficiency of their operations, and their sustainability of those operations, which I'm sure we'll get into. We, one of the things that's unique a little bit about us is we are a platform company. So everything that we do is based on a common platform. We can talk about that, but we're helping to serve up tremendous volumes of data and insights from that data to help, for instance, organizations say, Hey, I've got a challenge with efficiency. I need to improve my cost structure. I need to run things in a better way. We can help you do that, right? Or from a safety standpoint, a lot of our customers span a variety of industries, by the way, and people are probably familiar with us in the transportation area, where we're helping vehicles uh, and drivers of vehicles to safely operate by leveraging AI and other technology to help them do that. But we also operate outside in construction, field services, supply chain, wholesale, even public sector. So that's a little bit more about us. Fantastic. Yeah, I think it's always interesting to just hear kind of the the different 
vantage points you'd be coming into this conversation with because you have exposure to a lot of different um, different industries, different problems, but it all seems to root around the ability to provide access to companies to collect, analyze, and interpret data in a more efficient way to make better decisions. Um, and two, one of the things you mentioned where it comes to sustainability, how are, um, how are companies that you're interacting with today utilizing IoT technology to operate more sustainably or, you know, kind of um, improve sustainability initiatives that they have going on? Like, how, just at a high level, what are most companies doing and how should your audience be thinking about that? It's a great question. There are a number of different ways that people are using IoT and the data from various different IoT sensors, if you will, to further their effort. Uh, a couple of examples that come to mind. Most organizations today, whether you're a public company and you are trying to understand and report out for ESG purposes, let's say your carbon footprint, or you're a private company, and I actually worked with a uh, private company, met with them recently, Ryan, where they themselves are a private company, but they serve as a supplier to a public company and they have been asked to provide information relevant to carbon footprint. So one of the things our solution does is we have something that we call our fuel and energy hub. It helps our organizations that are using the platform get a report and understand the details around what are the various different consumptions, if you will, or what are the various different ambitions that uh, my vehicles are throwing off? How do I set baselines and benchmarks and targets? And how can I track their progress to reduce those and effectively report on scope one, scope two type emissions? So that's one way that people are looking at sustainability. Another one that aligns with that, fuel is obviously an important driver of emissions. A number of organizations are in this process of evaluating, maybe I should consider, and maybe it's the time for me to move my fleet and transform and transition my fleet to electric vehicles. And in that case, we also have technology that's helping people to understand the same way that we can provide real-time data and logistics information and route understanding and whatnot, and we can do maintenance and things like that with fossil fuel, we can also help you to look at suitability based on the routing that your vehicles have, the profiles they're driving, help you identify which ones might be suitable. We can also help you then do things like manage charge control because there are a lot of things that organizations are looking at in terms of how do they operate and how do they manage and how do they maintain these fleets of vehicles in mixed mode and in EV. So those are just a couple different ways. I do have one customer example I think would be really sort of important to illustrate this point. That's a company called Summit Materials. And they're a company, aggregates company, they're based in the United States. They have a goal of zero emission, net emissions by 2050, okay? And prior to using us and, and getting access to our data, they had inaccurate data on fuel consumption. So their ability to track what their progress was, what they were actually seeing in terms of emissions figures and how they were attaining was very difficult. Now with us, they've found a way to save $1.8 million in annual fuel costs and therefore also reduce the associated emissions from that down dramatically. So they're well on their way to hitting their target. But that's a, a specific example of how somebody's using this data. No, I love that. That's fantastic. Uh, you mentioned EVs, which is something that um, we haven't talked too much about, but I, obviously, you know, you connecting to the sustainability side is fantastic. How, if, if we're thinking about EVs, and this is something I've always been curious about, is EVs as it relates to supply chain 
and how do you feel either now or into the future EVs will start to play a role at more of a scale capacity for improving sustainability or just improving supply chain in general? Um, how do you kind of see this, that, that adoption kind of evolving? First of all, I would say I think it's a bit of an inevitability that EVs are going to continue to play an increasing role in the way in which transport works, the way in which supply chains operate, and frankly, the way that most organizations, whether they're public sector or private sector, are operating uh, and driving things going forward. Certainly, I just mentioned we talked about the potential to reduce environmental impact by using these vehicles. And there are also a number of regulatory incentives and as well regulatory uh, targets that are being put in place around the globe, by the way. I hear this when I talk to customers in Europe. I hear this when I talk to customers in North America. We are not really at a point where all organizations are at this inflection point of we are commercializing and we are literally moving our entire commercial fleet to electrification. Most organizations right now are in a state of planning and preparedness. There are certain pockets. We have uh, city and local governments who have stepped in a little bit more with fleets of passenger buses or vehicles within their fleet serving the public utility that are electrified. But one of the things that's important is for us to help organizations plan. And it goes back to that ability. How do I get foresight? How do I get understanding of the data to again know where does it make sense to begin to introduce these various different aspects of electrical vehicle, electric vehicles? It's heavily in lightweight vehicles, much more so right now than heavy duty, but I see that coming. And I think there's both the transition, and I talked about suitability and evaluation of what you are doing, your routes, your driving behaviors, et cetera, the age of your current fleet that might give you a sense as to which vehicles to swap out when. There's also a question around how do you operate these vehicles differently? And that's another area that we are starting to look at and bring data to the problem. So how do you actually help an organization of drivers? Now those drivers need to understand what it's like to drive an electric vehicle. And I'm not saying that you know they don't know how to drive it. It's more the eco behaviors, if you will, to drive that vehicle and how they drive it for max battery efficiency, et cetera. These are the types of things that we want to give them so that they can better and more efficiently take advantage of what these vehicles deliver. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely an interesting space to follow, for sure. Um, we talk a lot about supply chain, but we haven't talked much about EV and then obviously EV coming together on the supply chain to just improve everything from an efficiency standpoint, a sustainability standpoint, you name it. Um, I wanted to, to pivot a little bit here and ask you about something that for the first time, I think it was a few weeks ago, we started to cover, which is ESG initiatives within organizations. We talked about kind of what ESG it's, is, what it stands for, how companies are kind of um, working towards these different initiatives and goals. And the E in ESG for environmental um, is really interesting one to kind of look at. How does, um, I guess, how does how do things like safety and other types of things of related to that play into that environmental element or aspect of ESG um, to help organizations fit or hit their hit their goal of you know their ESG goals. Yes, ESG is top of mind for many organizations and our solutions help with the environmental side we just talked about. 
I actually think a lot of our safety side in many ways fits in with the social aspect because part of what you're trying to do is you're trying to make sure that and all of our organizations that we we work with are trying to run safe operations, Ryan. They're trying to make sure their employees are safe. They're trying to make sure that their constituents and their customers are safe. And so our ability to help them understand what are behaviors that people who are driving should be taking into consideration? How do we coach them to be safer? How do we understand what's happening in situations where there's very complex, heavy machinery, might not be a vehicle per se, might be some form of heavy yellow iron equipment. How do we help them to reduce accidents? How do we help them to prevent those accidents by changing the behavior and the way they, that we actually help them by giving data and applying technologies such as AI and ML to the data we see to give preventative notions of what people can do. So for instance, there are situations where we can identify certainly based on data that's coming off of sensors, is a vehicle speeding? What is the following distance that a vehicle has? What is the, uh, if you will, what is the, the situation around maybe harsh events happening, whether it's harsh turns or harsh braking or whatnot? How are we understanding whether or not an organization is adhering to speed limits and whatnot? And by being able to bring these together, we provide something that we, we allude to as uh, proactive driver coaching, where if you, Ryan, were driving, we could identify for you while you're driving, hey, here's something that we've identified that might actually cause you or increase the likelihood that you get into a tough spot or have an accident. And to the extent that we can reduce the volume and number of accidents, we are helping the social good. So I think there's a tie in there besides the E side that we talked about earlier. And, and do you feel like safety programs or kind of the focus on safety and making that known that there is emphasis there is something that can be seen as a competitive advantage in a market where maybe it's like a tight labor market, lots of turnover, you know, how, how do, because not every industry when it comes to, you know, safety is necessarily top of mind or a big driver to be a competitive advantage in the labor side of things. So in certain industries, I know it is. How is this kind of all kind of coming together to provide value there? Absolutely. So if you think about, I talked about how we have a variety of different elements of data coming off of these IoT sensors, and we are able to help our customers create, and they can customize the weighting of this, but create effectively, let's stick with this driver situation, driver safety score, right? Help them get transparency, help the drivers have transparency. One of our customers who's in the field services arena, their name is uh, Chalk Mountain Services. They, by leveraging this and implementing a safety program where they communicated with the driver, they shared and they were transparent about it. They used it as a tool to help people improve their driving behaviors and reduce, if you will, problems. They saw an 86% decrease in preventable accident costs. But to your point, at the same time, it actually created a more desirable workplace. Their drivers themselves said that they felt more comfortable driving for Chalk Mountain. So they saw a 15% increase in driver retention. So it really is a win-win where the company is able to decrease costs associated with payouts and issues related with accidents and insurance premiums. But the drivers are also able to see benefit and they're able to feel more comfortable and it really helps everybody. That's the goal of what we're trying to do here. Yeah, it's interesting to think about it because 
there are relatable, I don't say relatable to safety, but if, if you really think about who your employees are or who the end users of these solutions are, and you're really keeping their needs in mind with the things that you emphasize, the things you spend money on, you devote resources to improving, they notice and they pay attention to that. And those are things that help keep people around, keep retention higher. Um, and it's something that I think for a lot of people is often overlooked in the value that IoT solutions can provide to when specifically built you know, to benefit the, the labor force within an organization. And this is a great example of that that I don't think a lot of people probably pay close attention to. No, in fact, one thing I'd add to it is a number of our leading customers are also using this to create incentive programs to reward the right behavior. And that really is a fantastic way of using technology to help your employee base drive better engagement, drive better, you know, satisfaction, so to speak, as well as better outcomes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's super exciting to kind of hear these, these, these real world results that are being achieved um, with the technology that we talk so much about on the podcast, on IoT for All, on our website and things like that. So that, that's fantastic to hear. Um, when it comes to the implementation of a lot of these different initiatives, are there any common problems or, um, yeah, it's just maybe common problems or challenges that the companies you're seeing facing often or need to be considering thinking about? And if so, what are the, what kind of advice do you have for them to overcome those challenges and not let that deter them from proceeding with downward, I guess, proceeding down that kind of journey of IoT adoption? I think the first thing that I would say is we take a tremendous amount of pride in trying to make our solutions easy to deploy and use. That includes any physical device that we are helping people to install. Literally, it is as easy as scanning a QR code on a device and following instructions. Certainly, there are ways to do this at scale for service providers that work with us and work with our end customers and whatnot. But we really pride ourselves on the installation experience and getting up and running is easy. And then the way in which we design our mobile application for an end user, the way we designed our core dashboard in a web experience that is used a lot by back office workers. We put a lot of care into how we do that. And, it, and the customer feedback loop is what drives both that and the outcomes. The second thing I would say is I highlighted how we're focused today on safety, efficiency, and sustainability for our customers. But we have also always had what we call the customer flywheel. We work by the principle that our customers have challenges and they have those challenges that they're aware of, we are technologists. We learn by going out and understanding what new types of things do they have. Are there new ways that they want to have experience be improved for an, a worker who is a mobile worker, a productive worker on the front line? Is there something that they do where they want to take the information that we have and integrate it with other systems to drive a benefit? For instance, we have a marketplace. I think you're aware of this, Ryan. We have a marketplace of over 230 third-party integrations, OEM integrations, software integrations, and whatnot. We have customers who take advantage of the data we have around where their vehicles are, the driving, the hours of service, and whatnot, link that in with payroll, and they can actually drive tax savings. We have customers who take the data and use the diagnostic information to align with maintenance so that they can facilitate better operation of those vehicles, let's say, or other assets. 
and make sure they're getting the most out of them and that they are avoiding, you know, unsafe equipment getting out there. And there are many others, but that's one of the key points I would say is we want to make sure that we work with third parties. We work with customers. We bring together to solve the problems that they bring to us. Absolutely. No, that makes total sense. I think that's a great way to kind of think about it and, and put it out there for our audience. Um, as we wrap up here, I wanted to ask you, so let's look into the future here for a bit. What technologies, what trends do you kind of see shaping the future in these spaces that we're talking about? Sustainability, safety, ESG initiatives, all this kind of stuff. Um, where, what do you think, where, what do you kind of expect to see? What kind of trends do you expect to see? And if there are any new technologies or maybe kind of newer technologies now that will likely, you know, start to become more widely adopted because of what it can do for these initiatives and, and applications? Sure. I'll, I'll, I have two right off the top of my, my head. One of them we talked about a little bit, and that is more and more vehicles going electric. If you look at the numbers from 2019 until now, there's already a rapid shift. Uh, and and we are starting to analyze, we have tools, as you as I described, that help understand how you could take that shift, how you could make that transition work for you uh, and use that, if you will, to help people better manage their mixed fleets and their change in composition of their fleet. So that is absolutely something that we will keep working on with customers. The other one that we I touched on very briefly, but frankly is a critical, you know, kind of trend to keep in 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 mind is how the role of machine learning and artificial intelligence is going to apply to the vast amounts of information that we have. We have anonymized large aggregate data sets. We are using AI and ML models to help detect and understand what might be happening, for instance, in computer vision with videos, right? That is being done to help our customers, their employees understand safety in warehouses, in vehicles, et cetera. Those computer vision models are a starting point. There are many other ways in which I could foresee our customers wanting to interact with and wanting to analyze the vast amounts of information we have that are aggregate, as well as their own specifically to solve new types of problems. So the fact that we have massive data set that our customers are ever increasing and the volume of data that they are pumping into platforms like ours, how do you bring these together and how do you apply and use AI to help solve better ways of driving efficiency. If I could make it so that I could improve your maintenance programs, your routing, your general operation, why would I not be doing it? And so that's absolutely something that we have a dedicated research team focused on how we can use some of these technologies. But those are two. There there are plenty of others, but let, let's start with and finish with those two. Perfect. Yeah. Um, it, it's been a fascinating last few months talking to companies about where they think, or as we're talking to the experts of these companies about where things are headed. Um, AI is wildly popular, even outside of our world. Um, and understanding how AI, AI technologies are going to be influencing organizations on the enterprise side is still relatively confusing to a lot of people outside. Like they're hearing all this stuff. They're hearing ChatGPT, generative AI. They're hearing you know all these different things with different models, but how's it actually going to benefit benefit or value them? And that's what I've been trying to really pull the thread on with a lot of the guests is just so that people can start to really see that there's a good connection between enterprise IoT and enterprise AI and the value that they both provide each other. 
in the ability for IoT to collect the data and the AI to analyze the data in a different way in, or in a more efficient, more effective, probably better way long term. And it, they kind of rely on each other um, to some degree. So it's actually it's very akin to look, our, we, we view uh, Samsara as a technology company. But we are a technology company in service of how do we get the right information, insights, et cetera, that is actionable in the hands of people where, when, how they need it to go address and drive problems and solve problems. And so it's not, let's go do a bunch of technology research. It's how are we doing the research to drive an outcome to your point? And that combination of the data that we've got along with the application of new tech and new techniques is what's going to hopefully change how we can improve. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, r- really love the insights you've shared today. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Um, prior to, to kind of jumping off here, I wanted to just ask for audience who is interested in learning more about Samsara, following up with this conversation, um, wants to reach out with any questions, what's the best way they can do that? Frankly, one of the fantastic things we have is coming up in June, we have our Beyond User Conference. So that's one thing that uh, any, any users can, uh, can uh, participate in. But certainly also, we have tremendous resources. Probably the easiest is to go to our website, samsara.com, and get all manner of insights into solutions, technology, and whatnot to engage. And I'm certainly happy to uh, help support anybody who has any questions if they uh, reach out through uh, the various different channels that we have there. Perfect. Well, Jeff, thank you again for taking the time. Really appreciate it and uh, excited to get this out to our audience. Likewise. Thank you for having me, Ryan. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on the IoT for All podcast on the IoT for All Media Network. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave us a rating or review and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Also, if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please drop us a note at ryan at iotforall.com and we'll do everything we can to get them as a featured guest. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.